Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, everyone, ready for the best of fat mascara? Let's hit it. I'm Jess. Okay, welcome. <laughs> You're like, welcome, everyone. Yes, you are, Jess. I'm Jen. Hi, welcome to Fat Mascara, special, special on a Monday. So, this is Cindy Crawford, a legendary fat mascara episode and a legendary legend herself. Legendary legend. I know. I'm so glad we're replaying this one. I feel like this is one of Jess's best interviews. I just want to say Jess was like in her moment. I've actually never listened to this. You, do you think she listened back after we talked to her? Me? I've never. No, I, we did. But like, do you think that she listens to herself on podcasts? Because when you start not. talking about the melon patch, it's iconic. It just like, I hear in your voice all the fangirldom slash, like, everything. I just love this interview so much because I know how much it meant to you. And obviously, clearly, it's a legend in the beauty industry. But, like, so glad we're replaying it. (gasps) I would rather have, like, a rat eat my face than listen to me talk to Cindy Crawford. (laughs) It wasn't—you weren't fangirly. It wasn't embarrassing. It was just, like, unbridled passion. Like that, you were just so excited. It made me so happy. Well, think about like how many times, Jen, have you and I talked, like without knowing that this moment of us interviewing Cindy Crawford, like before Cindy Crawford was like even in the picture, how many times have you and I referenced that melon patch moment as like the height of beauty storytelling? So, yeah, yes, 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 perfectly said. Yeah. Storytelling. You want brands, you want to see how to write a story. You send Cindy to the melon patches of France and and what comes back is magic. With the doctor like in his coat so in awesome. France, like 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 looking like serious, like in not like, confused or focused. I love that. It's so good. It's so good. 
Don't worry. The interview is not all about the melon patch. Obviously, it's about meaningful beauty because I think we actually did this interview on the occasion of launching. She launched a hairline <laughs> under her meaningful beauty umbrella. Yeah. But you know what? This was one of a little subgenre of fat mascaras that have gone on to become some of our best episodes. I don't know what to call them, but they're where women really get honest about aging and 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 your appearance as you age. And she was one of the first guests I think we had that really. Like, Would she say that? I don't like, know chronologically, but. I blacked out during the whole interview. <laughs> she said, "I know, but I do remember." So she was fifty-five when he interviewed her. Today she's fifty-seven, and you know, she was really candid that like she doesn't like to look at her face on the big monitors now that she's this age and modeling. And mm. it, I think it takes a lot of courage to admit that you don't, because everybody's today is just like, it's "I harder. love aging." You know, you're supposed to embrace it. You're supposed to feel great about the way you look, but you like the way you look changes. And she came at it with such a realistic, like, yes, I'm aging. It's fine. I'm not trying to, like, fight everything. But she also talked about, like, yeah, that can be hard, especially when you look like her. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I just really like when women are really just honest with us about that type of thing. Because I think it's something everybody thinks about. Like, what does appearance mean as you get older? Because aging is a privilege. It is a privilege. It is a privilege. As is this interview. Oh, I'm so ready for it. You ready to get into it? It was a privilege. Yeah, it was a privilege to speak to Cindy. And I definitely had a fabulous time talking to her. Thank God somebody gave me a time limit had to cut me off. Speaking of, here is Cindy Crawford. Okay, so Cindy, we're interviewing you now, but I have to say you were the host of one of my favorite shows growing up. Longtime listeners of Fat Mascara know that like I occasionally reference House of Style, MTV's House of Style. There are so many memorable segments, a couple of amazing beauty moments. It was truly iconic. Um, if you can YouTube, listeners, if you can YouTube or find, and I don't know where, if please MTV put out the full length episodes, <laughs> but you have interviewed so many great people. I'm a little intimidated interviewing you. What are some of your favorite memories of doing that show? I mean, the thing that was so great about doing House of Style is that it wasn't it's not that it wasn't serious, but we had fun with it. It was, you know, it was a way to show fashion the fun part of fashion, like why we all got into fashion in originally is because it was fun to dress up when you were a little girl. Like it wasn't pressure. It was fun. And, and understanding like the producer of house of style was really good at understanding how culture and street wear and high fashion and music, you know, how all those worlds merged. And that's really what house of style was about. So I did, I got to interview everybody at the time. And I, what's really funny about House of Style is I'm not the most musically educated person. You know, I kind of grew up high school, early eighties and Chicago. Like I didn't even know, we didn't even listen to Springsteen. My husband's like, you're the same age as me. How can you not know Springsteen? But in the Midwest, it was more like the Chicago bands, you know, or in college, it was Madonna and Prince. So I, I kind of came with this very naive attitude and just wanting to have fun, but also, you know, feeling 
somewhat at home in the world of fashion. So interviewing Mm -hmm. Jean-Paul Gaultier and Naomi Campbell and Duran Duran, like going to Sears with Duran Duran and watching them try on ladies' dresses was was funny. Going to the set of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with Will Smith, you know, who knew how huge he was going to be? Cheryl Crow, just because she's like a super cool woman and, you know, had just done that first album. So many people... Uh, Naomi Campbell, I think like one of my favorite shows that we did was, you know, showing Naomi Campbell what it's like a week or a day in the life of Naomi. But at the end of the day, she put on pimple cream. Yes, and I was going to say the just, pimple cream episode. Yeah, yeah. And that just humanized <laughs> her for so many people. So we love that idea of, um, you know, ha- even having Todd Oldham on as one mm-hmm. of the contributing editors and him like cutting up a pair of tires to make sandals or, you know, what to do with a glue gun. I just love that mix of kind of do it yourself before that was a thing really. And, Mm -hmm. and then also super couture, high fashion, but mixed with, um, you know, the guys from Onyx and we went health food shopping. (laughs) That was actually a really fun one. They nick, they actually nicknamed me. They gave me my rap name, which is Slim Goody. Slim Goody. That's amazing. That was my email for a long time. And then finally when Finally, at one point I was like, okay, sorry guys, I have to lose the slim goodie. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That is like, I feel like that was such a moment in time in fashion that will like never be recaptured. They, they, they never, they tried to duplicate it, but it was never, never quite the same. Never quite the same. Yeah, I think that, you know, if you think about it before House of Style, and that was really, House of Style came about because cable television came about, right? Like MTV was the, at the, at the forefront of cable television for all of us. I mean, before that it was CNN, you know, Mm -hmm. Elsa Clench, House of Style, which was amazing, but it was a very serious way to cover fashion. And then there was cable and there was an opportunity for different voices and, but it was new and it was exciting. And then I think that, you know, the more exposure it got in a weird way, it became less exciting. Because everyone, everyone was trying to do it, you know? Yeah. No, it, it was really, I think, a moment in time that, you know, I don't know if it could be replicated. So I was watching it in the same time period, really. I was watching an interview with you from 1993. And you said something that I thought was really interesting. And I, I thought it was like really, I, it made me laugh. You said, I see myself being in front of the camera for the next 10 years. So that would put us at 2003. You've yeah. overshot that for about 20 years. Now, you model on occasion, right? I realize your life is, you know, much more, you're much more than a model, but you're very much still in the spotlight. Why did you say that back then? And why do you think you're still really much, very in, much in the mix now? Honestly, I think I was probably even pushing it at 10 years back then. I mean, people just didn't have the kind of careers that I've been able to have. I think that the industry's changed. I think that, you know, even when I started modeling and I remember I dropped out of college to Mm -hmm. become a model and I thought, okay, maybe this will get me till I'm 25. And then what, you know, will I be able to go back to school? Mm -hmm. Like how how can I pick up where I left off? Um, And I kind of always, I remember at 25 thinking, okay, maybe I have five more years. Then at 30 thinking, oh, maybe five more years, you know, and here I am 55. And I just (laughs) did like a shoot with, Luigi Aniango last week for <laughs> Brazilian Vogue, you know, so it's like crazy to me um, that I'm still doing that I'm still doing it. I think part of the reason is, I think it's twofold. I think one is that I've 
try to be true to who I am. So I'm not a 55 year old woman trying to be a 20 year old or, you know, when I was pregnant, I did um, and became a mother. I aligned myself with brands that were more on brand with that. Mm. Um, I've, you know, when I started my skincare line and later my furniture line, those, those things were all natural evolutions of me. Yes, I was a model. And yes, um, I came from this world of fashion. And where am I going now? Like not trying to freeze the past. Right. You weren't trying to do like, you know, super, super like you weren't trying. Yeah. You weren't trying to do like the Versace runway when you were, you know, eight months pregnant. No, although I did do it a few years ago, but remember that was like, that, yes. was, that was a moment. But too, that was a way. different, was, yeah, but it was a different moment. You weren't trying to like fit no. that mold when no. it was not like the right time. It was strategic. No. And believe me, I didn't, I, cause it was funny. That was probably, you know, the only opportunity Kaya and I will ever have to do be in the same show, but there's no way I would walk out with her. Like you go first <laughs> and I'm going to walk out with the other ladies that are my age. <laughs> Right. With the ladies. I yeah. love the ladies. When you, when you were thinking, like you said, oh, I might have five more years. I might have 10 more years. Was there ever like an outside of fashion plan? Like I'm, I don't know. Was fashion always like, did you feel comfortable in the fashion world? Or was it always like, let me just finish it and, and I'm going to do real estate? <laughs> well, I mean, that's it. I never, I never, ever even imagined. I mean, I grew up in DeKalb, Illinois, I never even knew that modeling was a real job. And even if I did, I wouldn't have known how to get from, from there, from DeKalb to New York City or Paris or Milan or whatever. Uh, but once, you know, once I got on that and established, I, I don't, it's not that I, yeah, I think I did feel comfortable. I really, I, the thing that I, I discovered about modeling, like I remember a few years ago, I was doing this yoga retreat with um, about, 10 other people. And we posed this question before we did a four hour silent hike, which was, have you found your passion in life? And if so, what is it? And I thought it found it interesting because all the men immediately said yes. And they knew what it was. And they were very, it was very easy for them to kind of own that. And the women, you know, we were all like, well, and we said, you can't say it's being a mother. Like that was off the table. Cause every mother of course would say that. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, wow, have I, because I love my job. And is, am I really so shallow that I just love putting on pretty clothes and hair and makeup? Like it has to be more. But what I realized that I love about modeling is it's storytelling. It's a communication. And, and, and so really what I love is communicating and modeling is one way that I get to do that. And also I think that people don't realize that modeling Yes, you have to look a certain way and it helps if you're tall and you have long legs and all of those things, but it's a skill. Like you can get better at modeling. The more It's like anything. It's like the 10,000 hours, you know, Malcolm Gladwell thing. The more you do it, the better you get at it. And it's probably like an athlete who is getting toward the end of their career. Like they know more about the game. They're a better player in their here, but you know, your physical... Uh, strength or speed isn't the same. It's the same for modeling. Like I'm a much better model now than I was when I was 20. I I know what works. I know how to move in front of the camera. I know how to um, communicate with the photographer, you know, but they might need to help me out with a little extra lighting these days <laughs> or whatever, you know. 
And when you were learning all these things, was there like a crew you surrounded yourself with? Like we saw when you were a full-time model Mm -hmm. and like always in pop culture and we saw you with the same couple people again and again. And I've always wondered, is that just like branding for Cindy Crawford, the model with your modeling agencies and those people weren't your close friends, but like what designers and models and makeup artists did you surround yourself with? Yeah, I don't, that wasn't a thing back then. Like those branding pictures. We didn't talk about that. We didn't know that. Um, so I think, you know, there's the group of women that you're used to seeing me with like Christy and Linda and Naomi. And I mean, we were all friends and friendly and, but at the same time, we were all super busy. Like, I mean, we would be together for show season and then everyone would go off and do. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have Instagram, so we didn't know what Cindy was doing when she wasn't like in a picture for us. Right. I think primarily, um, the people that were my crew were more the hair and makeup people. Cause those are the people that you spent more time with. And I always say like, they're the people that if you came in and you hadn't slept the night before or had a fight with your boyfriend or had a pimple, like they were the ones that, that, you know, helped build you up. They turned, they helped with that transformation from like this girl, Cindy from DeKalb, they helped turn her into Cindy Crawford. So that by the time I got in front of the camera, I, you know, I felt that I could embody all of that. There, there are people too. So (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense. That's really cool. Are you still in touch with a lot of those people from your, like, you know, early modeling days? Yeah, definitely. I mean, unfortunately, so, so many of the people I worked with, other than photographers, strangely, we've lost a lot of the photographers, like my men- my main mentor photographers, like a Helmut Newton or um, Herb Ritz, yeah. Peter Lindbergh. We've lost so many of those photographers. But like one of my best girlfriends is Sonia Kashik. She's a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. She had a makeup line. I mean, I was just at her house in Florida a couple, I don't know, like in February. Um, so many of the hair people I still work with. Yeah. So, yeah. And they... They are, I mean, there's nothing better, as I'm sure you guys know, than working with friends. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you're traveling. Like whenever I had a trip to do, I was like, who's going to be fun to travel with? Because I I definitely, especially after probably I turned 30 and I realized like, wait, when am I going to be in St. Petersburg again? I should stay an extra day and go to museums and, you know, sightsee. And so who do I want to do that with? Totally. Oh, that's amazing. It yeah. sounds like such a, you know, a charmed period. I can't really remember it because it's been about a year yeah. or so since we've done anything like that, but <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> so let's talk about meaningful beauty. You know, I, you're really smart to start something of your own, but I'm curious what that moment was where you're like, okay, I can continue being the face of all of these, you know, different brands. Um, you know, a lot of your peers have have done that and it's worked out really mm-hmm. well for them, but you decided to start your own brand. What, what was that? Like, what was the impetus for that? It was twofold. One is I had been with Revlon for 17 years mm-hmm. and my contract was getting ready to be renewed. And I did have that moment of like, okay, like I, I kind of think it's time for me to do my own thing. And I think having had the success of like my exercise video mm-hmm. gave me the confidence to feel like I, I can do my own thing. And then really it was that I had this relationship with Dr. Sabah that um, another makeup artist friend of mine, Fran Cooper, sent me to Dr. Sabah when I was 28, when I was in Paris, she's like, oh, you got to see this guy. He does this like mesotherapy, you know, like the um, vitamin cocktail, he called it. And I just developed this relationship with him. And I, and he, I, you know, he was like my skin guy, my skin guru. 
And I would tease him, like, can't you just bottle this stuff? Just to pause for like mesotherapy, just for our listeners, can you just get put it like in, like spell it in crayon for everyone? Okay, so this, that he's the only person who's ever done it to me and I had never had it before. Um, But it looks like a squirt gun, but it actually has like a little needle in it. Uh And so he like makes these like tiny, almost like aerating your skin. Okay. And then his vitamin cocktail, which included this special SOD, which is from a melon, a special melon in the south of France, um, was in, was in that. And, and it's funny because the first time he did it to me, I actually was getting married like five days later, randomly. And my skin, I, I was like, my skin came alive. Like I didn't even, in, I didn't even know that it looked tired until he got done. And then I was like, wow, it's so like glowy and bouncy and all those things. I mean, I was 28. So, <laughs> you know, even a bad skin day at 28 is, is a good skin day. Yeah. But I just, I really, the thing that I really loved about Dr. Sabaz, he loves women. He doesn't want women to have to hide behind makeup. He wants you to feel comfortable in your skin. Mm -hmm. So he's all about like, how do we, you know, how do we take care of your skin? And so that, and so he's like the first thing he does, like the first thing he would do is like, he touches it, he pinches it, he pulls on it. And he wants you to feel, you know, good in your skin. know if the invitations have started coming in for you, but we're about to enter what I like to call what kind of underpinnings should I wear to your wedding season? That's right. We probably all have some cute new dresses for weddings and events coming up this spring. And I'll tell you what needs to go under them. Honey love. I am not about to squeeze my way through another person's wedding in uncomfortable shapewear that rolls up. I got the Honey Love Super Power Short. Full disclosure, I also wore it on New Year's Eve because I had on sequins and I wanted everything to lay smooth. And that's what Honey Love does. The Super Power Shorts have targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts without squeezing your curves, and you won't have to worry about the waist rolling down thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. The Honey Love Super Power Short also gives your butt a nice lift. The shorts have these built-in boost bands that give everything a subtle, comfortable, let's just say boost. We're not talking unbelievable plastic surgery levels of butt lifting, just a little zhuzh. And as you know, Honey Love has more than just sculpt wear. They have incredibly comfortable bras. How many times have Jess and I talked about the bras? They also have tanks, leggings, everything you need for everyday support. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them that we sent you honeylove.com slash mascara. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honeylove. Jess, you know how facialists and derms are always telling us that the skin on our body deserves the same attention as the skin on our face? Well, Sol de Janeiro is giving me the inspiration to actually follow that advice for once. The Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is basically clinically proven skincare and body cream that smells amazing. The fact that the Beige Flor Elastic Cream smells so good and it's really effective makes it a perfect two-in-one for me. Totally. The scent would be enough to keep me going, but the Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is also packed with some seriously effective skincare ingredients. There's hold press 
cacao oil. I've also been using the cream on my neck and chest, which is an area that could use some love, but to be honest, I wasn't really inspired to treat it before. However, since I've been using this, I've noticed a big difference. Plus, get this, Sol de Janeiro also did a third-party study of the Beja Flor Elastic Cream and found it improved the appearance of crepiness on consumers' chest skin in just two weeks. It's the smell for me, though, Jen. You can layer the Elastic Cream with Sol de Janeiro's Cherosa 68 Perfume Mist. You know the scent. It smells so good. It's got pink dragon fruit, lychee essence, vanilla, sun musk, mm-mm-mm, sheer. You can spray it whenever you want, wherever you want, on your hair, your clothing, your body. There's no rules. And we have some great news. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code Mascara10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com and use the code Mascara10 for 10% off. Guys, I have to admit, I like a little bit of luxury, but I don't want to just buy one luxurious item. I want to buy several things. And that's where Quince comes in. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach so I can buy a couple of things. Yeah, you don't like a little bit of luxury. You like a lot of bit of luxury. Okay, it is a lot. I guess you're right, you're right. Load up your cart though at Quince. It's totally fine. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk. They partner direct with top factories so they cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings along to you and us. And me, for example, I mean, how many things have I bought from Quince? My latest acquisition is the European linen sheet set. I wanted to jump on that whole linen sheet trend. I want to just feel like Cleopatra. And they have so many great colors. It's breathable, feels luxurious, but doesn't cost luxury prices. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash fatmascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash fatmascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash fatmascara. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash fatmascara. So why did you go with, first of all, I want to get back to the melons because yes. like, I am okay. like, I, I, I got to tell you. We talk about the melons all probably the time. Probably once Cindy. a month. Like it's come up multiple times yeah. on the show. Yeah, <laughs> it comes up a lot on the show. I'll bring it up just in private conversation to Jen, <laughs> just about the melons. Like, I just think it is the most romantic, like beauty, like, you know, ingredient origin story. I love it. I am curious about the melons. I have dreams about fat mascara becoming a television, like, you know, adventure, kind of almost like the house Uh of style, but for beauty. I really do, Cindy. We can talk offline about this if you're interested. Uh, But my first stop is going to France to be in the fields at the melons, the melon patch. I'm dying. What's funny is, uh, you know, first of all, the melon, I mean, yes, it's a romantic, beautiful story. There's these special melons only grown in the South of France, but that's all nice. But I mean, I think you guys know, you know, just natural does not always mean better. What's great about the melons is that it's they're SOD. It's a super oxide dismutase and that's a super antioxidant. And that's what's special about the melons. And and apparently, uh, the, it's you know hard to extract in a concentrated way from the melons, and so meaningful beauty. I mean, I've seen SOD. People can take SOD orally, you know, as an antioxidant mm-hmm. that you ingest. But meaningful beauty, I think, I believe, was the first skincare line to use um, you know the melon complex in a skincare in product. a topical in a topical and, thing. 
Yes. So that was our our story, our, you know, and then of course, you know, all the other things that we know has to go into great skincare as well, but it gave us a point of difference. And it made sense because Dr. Sabah is French. And I think the other thing, especially at the time, was, you know, French formulations have a, lux- a luxuriousness to them. They're rich without being heavy. Yeah. Because, you know, like I think a lot of people think, something that's going to give them enough hydration and moisturization has to feel heavy. But, you know, I need something that's going to work under makeup. I need something that I can layer. You know, if I'm going to use a serum, I have to know that it's going to work with my, you know, my day cream with my SPF. On top of that, I hate when products pill or, Mm, you know, or sometimes you feel like you're overlapping or you're not getting enough of one thing or you're getting too much of one thing. And, and honestly, I, I love the idea of a system and, you know, when, when Dr. Sabah, and it became, it was really a joke. I was like, can't we just bottle this stuff? It was for me personally. I was like, just for me, like, just send me bottles of this stuff. Cause I was living in LA at the time and I had two young kids and I wasn't going to Paris like I used to, but then it was like, wait, yeah. Why don't we bottle this stuff? Mm-hmm. And that was the, the beginning of Meaningful Beauty. So you have a real, you know, interest. I understand that you're not like in the lab yourself, but I think what's different about you is, you know, it's, you were going to school, if I understand, for like chemical engineering, like you're kind of science buff, right? It's been a, it's been a minute. Since it's been a minute, <laughs> but, but this isn't like you're, you're, you're not someone who's like, oh, this is a completely like, yeah, like just slap my name on it. Like you're like interested oh. in the actual mechanics of how products work. Well, definitely. I mean, for hundred percent, I was never interested in slap my name on it. Um, because as a model, like if it's, it's hard to even model a dress that you think is ugly. It actually is. Like I remember one time in a fashion show and I won't say which designer and I had to wear this hideous dress and walking out on the runway. And I think I, I swear I heard someone laugh and I just was mortified. I was like, how am I going to get to the end of the runway? But it, it was laughable. It was hideous. <laughs> so in terms of like doing a line with my name on it, of course, I wanted it to be something I was proud of and something that I, I really use. And then I'm excited to use. And then I'm excited to share with my mom and my sisters and my yeah. girlfriends. But the way Jean-Louis and I work together, I mean, he has an amazing chemist. We we come up with, you know, basically I'm like, okay, dude, like under my eyes are a little dark. What are we going to do about that? And then he comes back with formulations. Obviously he knows about the efficacy and the, you know, ingredient, which, you know, which plays nicely, which with what and how, you know, how to make it work. But I'm our guinea pig in terms of, cause I'm a woman, I'm the user, I wear makeup over it. I'm, you know, the smell, the, the feel, all of that is very much where I feel like I, I'm the, you know, I'm the main voice. Yeah. And back to the name, like meaningful beauty, like that was my main thing. And Dr. Sava as well, that each and every product had to be meaningful. I already think women are confused enough. We all have like a drawer full of products that promise something and we use like twice and they just sit there and, we, and every month you're like, oh, should I buy this? Should I buy that? Should I try this? And I wanted to offer like, I think of my sisters, one, well, they're both teachers actually. Um, and it's like, okay, here guys, here's a great, this is what I use. You're, you're protecting your skin during the day. 
you're restoring it at night, you know, you're getting the antioxidants, the peptides, you know, all these things, and then go out and enjoy your day. Like, I don't think skincare should be a full-time job. I mean, if it's not your full-time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just like, oops, talking to the wrong people. It's no, kind of our full-time job. No, you, like, if, mm. if it's not your full-time, I mean, it is your full-time, but I mean, no, yes, I know, yeah. most women, like, they don't want to feel... No, they ask for recommendations. I'm like, how much time do you have? Like, I have a whole 200-episode podcast of right. yeah, completely. Right. Being able to recommend something simply, sure. Yeah, and it depends on what you do. I know you're moving into hair, and now I'm curious, were, was that a personal, was there a personal reason behind that, or did you just think it was time? No, hair definitely was, I was the impetus for that, because I think, you know, look, we all know as we age, even though we think it's never going to happen to us, like, I think every woman's like, okay, expects a few crow's feet. Mm-hmm. Okay, my hair's going to turn gray, but I can color that. And then other stuff starts happening, right? And you're like, whoa. And, and with hair, I don't, no one ever talked to me about that your hair actually ages and changes. It's like, and also even, I mean, my hair is colored. I have a feeling there's some grays underneath mm-hmm. the color and that the texture changes, but also the, the you know, the manageability, the shine, the bounce, yeah. all of those things. And after I had my kids, I actually lost hair in my, my friend who's a hairdresser called it the parking lots, but like where, like male, where guys, you know, up in here, I lost hair and I was not expecting that. And I guess when you say the parking lot, we just, cause it's a audio. It's like where guys get bald. Yeah. It's on the sides, like above your eyebrows, right? Above your eye. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm experiencing the same thing. Yeah. I get it. So I just was not prepared for that. And even like my friends, I remember, you know, like you colored hair looks different in the sun. I don't know if you've noticed that. And like, all of a sudden I would be looking at my friend whose hair looked great, but then in the sun, it was like, it's more transparent. Mm-hmm. Like just, it's just not good hair. Like when you look at, <laughs> when I look at my 16 year old or now 19 year old daughter, she doesn't even have to blow dry her hair and it's shiny and smooth and bouncy and it behaves well. And you know, I always tease her. I'm like, you have my old legs, give them back. You have my old hair, give it back. (laughs) So there was a personal reason to get into the hair. Definitely. And then, and so the idea was, and this is what I went to Dr. Sabah with, is is the melon is that, you know, SOD and our plant leaf stem cell, is that something that could be applied to hair? And because again, I didn't want to just do another like, okay, here's a shampoo and conditioner that says mm-hmm. meaningful beauty on it. And we really address the signs of aging, which are strength and shine and breakage. And um, the key or kind of like the hero product of our hair, age-proof hairline is the scalp spray. And, you know, really understanding that good hair starts with creating the right environment for good hair. And mm-hmm. that starts at the scalp. Got it. Got it. Well, I think that you starting this conversation with people who may be like, yeah, it's like, oh, they just kind of think like, oh yeah, I don't know why my hair changed. Or yeah, I used to have good hair and not really understand why, or even just the taboo of talking about it. I mean, honestly, to hear you talk about the parking lots yeah. gives me a little bit of, um, I'm sorry that you're experience, you've experienced it, but I actually feel a little bit more comfortable now talking Models, about models. They're just like us. Yeah. But it's yeah. true. Like, you know, even the, um, 
one of the hairdressers that I work with a lot is named Richard Marin. And after I had kids, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden he started putting in, I just noticed like, even without him asking, he started putting in like sometimes for shoots, like the little, the little hair clips of uh-huh. like fake hair, you know? And I never had that before. I yeah. never needed it. And I just noticed in order for him to get like that luscious fullness, he needed to add hair. And after using, you know, cause we've been working on this for almost a year and a half now, or maybe close to two years, he, I worked with him a couple of weeks ago and he was like, Cindy, seriously, your hair, it's like your old hair. You know, like oh, I can good. feel like my yeah. ponytail, like my ponytail feels thicker. You yeah. know, it feels stronger. It doesn't feel like as much breakage. I'm I'm glad you talked about that because I, I think that's going to make a lot of people feel like less kind of like, oh, like what's wrong with me, you know? And yeah, yeah women don't really talk about it. No, and it's like can be, a, you know, your thyroid. There's it's so many it's so many things, and 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 mm-hmm. I do I do think it really catches a lot of women off guard. It did me. Yeah, it definitely for me me for sure. So I want to talk about this idea about talking about aging. Um, there's a conversation that you know we get into a lot in the industry about the term anti-aging. Some mm-hmm. people find that it's not modern. That by saying anti-aging, we're inferring that there's something inherently wrong with growing older. And then there's a lot of people who think there's nothing wrong with it. And it, you know, women want to let some women want to look younger, and that you know it's about just feeling vital. So I'm curious where you personally. Um, you know, fall. And, and and I don't, I'm not trying to like get you like there's a wrong no, no, answer, right answer. I just want to know. Yeah. I think, how do I feel? I feel like, first of all, it's impossible. Anti-aging is impossible, <laughs> right? Like we're all aging all the time. Yes. I wish we were, but it's, you know, that you're not going to win that battle. Yeah. As terms, you know, I think it's funny when Dr. Saban, I started Meaningful Beauty, he had this whole idea of age maintenance, mm-hmm. right? But and I love age maintenance because I think age maintenance is much more achievable, right? It's because because I don't want it. But I want to maintain 28. Yeah, yeah I'm, like, okay. I'm like, how do we do that? I don't know if that's okay, possible look, either. The, well, it's more possible than anti-aging. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You know, um, but that was the idea is just to, you know, not to change a woman or like, again, not to feel pressure to look. I mean, I don't want to look, well, maybe I would do want to look 28, but it would be weird you know, if I look the same age as my daughter or whatever, it'd be like that one movie where everyone's 25. Remember with Justin Timberlake, what was that movie? It was about time. And people only age till they were 25. So oh, I know what you're talking it. about. It was a while everyone's ago. Everyone's the but same yeah, I know. age. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, that's why like with the hair care line, we called it age proof your hair because it wasn't like anti-aging. It does seem a bit not woke, shall we say, mm-hmm. <laughs> anti-aging. Um, because, and look, I mean, I, I, I do talk, there is something is just pure physical beauty, right? I mean, you see a flower and it's just gorgeous and no one judges it. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, it can be beautiful as it's aging too, but when it's in its full bloom, like that's yeah. like the, the photographable moment. Yeah. I, I think for women as we age, like when I look at my friends, I don't, I see beauty in them, right? I see their smile. I see their eyes. I see they feel comfortable in their own skin. They know their style. They, they are funny and they don't take themselves too seriously. And they've been through shit with kids and husbands and life. And 
I feel like if we as women could just look at ourselves through the same lens that we look at our our girlfriends through, we would not be worried about anti-aging. Oh my God, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. And, and I think, so to me, the words, I mean, yes, have we found the perfect word? Because really what we just want to do is we just, we want, we want to feel confident. That's why it all matters. That's why, that's why talking about beauty all day long does matter because it's about giving women confidence to, to do the rest of their life with grace. That's a really good answer. Yeah. So on that note, like as you, as you've, you know, grown older and gone through your life and your career and everything, is there anything that like you've eased up on, you know, as Cindy Crawford that, you know, anything you've like learned to accept about yourself or gotten easier on yourself that you're willing to share with us? I, gosh, it's hard because... It's interesting for me because in some ways, I think in real life, I have an ease because I do know myself. I know my flaws. I know I'm impatient. I know (laughs) I like things a certain way or whatever. Um, I know I'm a good friend. I know I take care, you know, so I think in, um, it's harder for me to do photo shoots now, to be honest with you, because I know what I used to look like. And then you know, they have like, now they have like the jumbo monitors there and, and they're showing every frame and some of them are, and you're like, Oh God, no, I need light here. Or, you know, mm-hmm. wait, I need to suck up there or whatever. I, I, I kind of joke that like, I need Viagra sometimes to model now. Cause it's harder to get it up, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like for those modeling jobs, but I still like it. And, and I also feel I have this inner dialogue with myself because part of me, I could totally pull a, is it like, was it Garbo or Bardot who just like disappeared? Garbo. Okay. Like I bought I could to be total- alone. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see pulling that, but I also think it's really important for women who have seen, you know, have grown with me. Like, why should we feel like we need to disappear at this age? Like I I do feel some responsibility to say, no, you guys, we still like we're not that, but we're this, we're this thing, whatever we are. And let's be proud of that. And let's show that. So, um, yeah, it's, but I mean, look, I, I would be not honest if I said like aging doesn't have its challenges, but then I always say it's better than the alternative. (laughs) So, you know, and really realize like that every day and life is a blessing. So to, you know, what am I going to worry about that? My knees don't look the way they used to, or, you know, your neck, whatever. You, and when we all pick on, we all pick ourselves apart. And again, I think we're the only ones that does that to ourselves. We don't. Like you said about your friends. Yeah. You're like, I look at my friends. I don't see the no. flaws they see. Right. I'm not like, whoa, your neck looks a little, you know, <laughs> different mm-hmm. or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, to that end, if you've eased up and you're more comfortable with yourself, as you were talking about, mm-hmm. there's still got to be like, you need some product. Cindy, like you've learned a lot in your career. Oh. What, what do you rely on um, besides Jean-Louis oh. and the melon patch? Oh, well, I definitely... <laughs> oh, we're on first name basis now, by yes, the way. exactly. Yeah. I think, look, all of that stuff to take care of yourself does make a difference and is cumulative. And it starts with, I mean, all the things that we all know, like I don't smoke, I try to get enough sleep, I drink a lot of water, I, I do drink alcohol because my husband has a 
Tequila. Club. What's your yeah? What's your drink of choice? <laughs> I definitely tequila, drink then, Casamigos on the rocks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, I don't drink it with the sugar now. Like I used to love a margarita or something. I can't handle that now. I don't really like. I don't. I gave up soy sauce because I noticed I see it on my face in the, wow. the next morning. You know. But actually, sushi with lemon is delicious. So mm. oh, let me try that. I love dry brushing my for you know my body. I love you know definitely exercise. I like a infrared sauna, although now a dermatologist told me that maybe that I, I love the way I feel when I do it. But then they said like that, um, any thermal, it's thermal damage. So um, I have been going to a facialist for the last 20 years, except for not really so much during COVID. And she does the microdermabrasion. Can we ask who your facialist yeah, is? Yeah, her, her name's Christina Radu and she's in mm. L.A., what about fragrance? I know that's not an aging or maintenance thing, but I'm just curious. You have those orchids behind you. What's your yeah, like scent? The, well, it's, for my 50th birthday, my husband got me a bespoke fragrance Ooh. from this um, perfumer in London. Her name's Ozzy Glosser. And it's really cool. Like she interviewed my husband and then she talked to me and then she makes you your own fragrance. And the cool thing is she, I think she does a lot of work with Tim Burton for his movies. So like the characters have a fragrance. So it helps them get into character. And I visited her atelier in London and it's really cool. So I wear my own, um, my own Cindy, like this fragrance that she made just for me. But I also like, I think it's called, um, carnal flower. I think it's by Dominique. Yes. And that was the, that was the fragrance I was wearing prior to my husband's gift to me. Yes. Or Do- Dominique Ropioni. Yeah, yeah. It's it's got two names, and that's why it's confusing. But that's I remember so it's cool. I will say, like that fragrance is the when I was wearing that one, I got the most compliments on. Like, and it, it's not overwhelming, but it, like, pe- it's a people pleaser, <laughs> men and women. Yeah. And what about just like makeup products? Like, I feel like you always have a really pretty natural look. It's been so hard during COVID because, I mean, look, it's like putting makeup on at home just feels um, like I've really gotten even less. I, I liked, and I do like when Bobby Brown launched Jones Road, um, her new, she has this miracle balm, which I like because it's, you kind of feel like you're putting on makeup, but it's not, it's just like a dewy with a little tint. So up, you know, for the cheek and you can put on the mm-hmm. lid and the lip. I'm, I'm like, my makeup is always super basic. I do a foundation, I guess, or tinted moisturizer or whatever. And I, and I mix that up. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not really attached to one. Then I will do a little cheek. And I also like, I think it's Josie. Is it Josie Moran? Josie Moran. She has like a stick blush that's a cream like I like it I mm-hmm. I think I think I like adding you know keeping things looking dewy and and hydrated as I get older like I don't want drying stuff because mm-hmm. the, the drier it is it kind of shows everything and then I like Charlotte Tilbury I'm always obsessed with her she does great eyeshadows that are just like the perfect brown that like you can't mess up uh, still on the search for the perfect mascara, honestly, because like, I, I want to find the right. That's brush. why we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what do you guys think is the perfect mascara? We're looking. 
We're still okay. looking. Will you send it to me when you <laughs> yeah, find it? Dr. Sabagat on that, <laughs> yeah. like grow your hair, yeah, doesn't smudge. Like, we haven't really gotten into cosmetics because I, I feel like as a model, my my main thing was taking care. I, I kind of felt like my job was taking care of the raw materials. And then I would show up and the makeup artist or the hairdresser then then they do the rest. That's so hilarious. The raw materials. And then like <laughs> someone would paint you, paint it up and yeah. do, do it up. Yeah, That's like great. makeup was never my passion. Whereas there are some models like Linda Evangelista and Naomi, they can paint a face. They can paint their own face. They can paint yours. I just, I, you know, I can get myself together if I have to, but forget, like I would never try liquid eyeliner or tr- I could never put a false eyelash on myself. No, 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 no. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you can't do it. See that like all these like Cindy Crawford, she's just like us. I love it. Uh, she no, can. I, and I also, <laughs> what's amazing though, what I did notice and I think is I'm kind of envious of like, if my daughter wanted to learn that she would just go on YouTube. Right. And she figured it out, but we didn't have access to that. Like my mom never wore makeup because my dad hated makeup. So he, she never wore makeup ever. So I didn't even, I didn't even wear makeup to my first modeling job. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So we have one last question before our fun lightning round. I wanted to know if you could be Cindy Crawford all over again, which actually sounds mm-hmm. like a lot of fun. <laughs> what would you do differently? I probably would have had more. I would I would definitely have more fun the second time around. Because, really? Well, I don't know if I could party in St. Petersburg. Yeah, like would you, yeah, would you would you go no, out but more? Only if I would know what I knew now. Like I think then, like I thought it was ending in five years, right? I I had to I think I, I wouldn't, oh gosh, there were times where I said no to things because there's a little bit like, Ooh, am I going to be comfortable going on that person's yacht? I don't belong. I don't know what to wear on a yacht. I don't know what fork to use or what, you know? So there were times where I maybe didn't do things because I was afraid that I would feel uncomfortable. Mm. And, and what I've learned since then is A, no one really cares. And B, um, every in a weird way, everyone feels that way. And, you know, like the person sitting next to you could also feel like, what am I doing here sitting next to Cindy Crawford where I might be sitting? What am I doing here sitting next to this person? You know, like there's a, we all came from some, usually most people came from a more humble beginning. So I think I probably would have said yes more to that kind of stuff. So even when you were a young, like, model, you felt like, mm, I, I'm going to pass on that, like, I'm too shy or, like... Yeah, and it probably kept me out of a lot of trouble, too, by the way. So that's, well, that's why I don't why, know. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want my daughter to hear this. <laughs> I mean, we started out talking about your longevity. I think some wise decisions exactly. along the way probably helped. Exactly. She might not feel that way, though, because she, you had a different, exp- you know, experience growing up. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean... She, she's already came into, I mean, she was already raised in a much different, more sophisticated world than, than I was. You know, I had never been uh, out of the country or anything like that. You know, she's traveled and, you know, so certain things were just much easier for her to transition into. Yeah. That's really interesting. Thank you. This th- this was such a great conversation. Jen's going to wrap it up with a very fun. Oh yeah, light you're not spe- off the hook. Speed yeah, round. This is, this is yeah, an easy very part, though. Light, it's light and silly. Okay. Yeah, we ask all our our guests the same question. So the first is, what is the first beauty product you remember falling in love with? And I know you didn't use makeup till you became mm. a model, so it could be anything. <laughs> I feel like 
was baby bell like a lip gloss or like there was like bonnie bell bonnie bell like bub- and it was like bubblegum flavored lip gloss yes what quality do you admire most in other people i was gonna say punctuality but <laughs> but that's no i do admire that um listening good listening um, if there was one rule you wish everybody would follow, what's that rule? Punctuality. How's that? <laughs> Be on time. <laughs> okay. What is the most played song on your playlist right now? Oh, gosh. I don't ever, I, I honestly don't get to pick music at my house. I'm like the fourth person in charge of the controls. My husband's first, then one of my kids. So, um, what are, I've been listening to, cause I, I really got into meditating over, I finally had time to really develop a, a meditation practice over the last year. So the most played thing is like my Spotify meditation list <laughs> that I, <laughs> that I'm curated myself. <laughs> that sounds lovely. Yeah. Okay. Last question. If there were a movie made of your life, who would narrate it? Oh, a movie made of my life. Hmm. Maybe Kaya. I think Kaya, because she would, she would, you know, she would know me, but she also knows me not as me. You know what I mean? She knows me as a mom and a real person. And I think she'd be able to blend that. That's cool. I would watch that movie. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. This was great. Thank I'm you. I'm going to be easier on myself. I took away some really good. No, yes. I don't know if our listeners did too, but I'm just like, yeah, I got to just treat myself like I treat my friends. No, because even like, and it's funny, this just happened with a group of my friends five years ago, we took like a group picture on a girl's trip. And already then we were like, oh, we're 50, you know, we're old, whatever. And now one of them brought that picture up and we're like, we looked so good back then. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I think I love that. Um, I think Nora Ephron's book, I feel bad about my neck. And I loved where she was like, if you're under the age of 35, just put on a swimming suit and don't take it off. And, you know, just walk around (laughs) it all the time because you're never going to look better. You're younger. You might look better in a weird way, depending, but I mean, there's just, we're, we are, we are so hard on ourselves in the moment. And then you look back at a picture that you hated of yourself and you look back at it five years later and you're like, I looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Well, thank you so this much for awesome. coming on the show. This was thank really great. You. Thanks, ladies. I'm glad it worked out. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at Fat Mascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.